Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of the Point of Everything podcast. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and I'm joined by the spokesman for Plugged Records, Chris Summers. Officially, but unofficially. Officially, but unofficially. You've been in here. It seems like every time that we have you, that I have you on the podcast, uh, you're in kind of a different guise, you know, like uh, Elastic Sleep Frontman, um, Plugged Spokesman. Mm, I tend to upset people very quickly. So there's a high turnover of, <laughs> uh, of jobs and, and things to be doing. And But the one thing that's consistent throughout is Girl Band Expert. And you're at the... Um, <laughs> Did you like that link? I was yeah. well, not really, but it's a bit <laughs> terrifying. But I was uh, um, yes, I was at a gig of theirs on Friday one, possibly their only Irish gig of the year, um, which is what I saw. I think maybe the PR or something say on Twitter. I saw you tweet that, that and it was in the Sunday Mail on Sunday, which raises oh, yeah, the yeah. serious question: What were you doing reading the Mail on Sunday? <laughs> um, uh oh, this podcast is over. <laughs> That's what I thought. Let's move on. Well, no, they said it. But it was in the paper. Like there was, there, it wasn't online. It's fair because when you put it up, I was I just went to have a like a read at the picture, uh, but I couldn't make out. Uh, I had to really squint to read it. You actually <laughs> read you read it off that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. My eyesight's really bad as well. So better that than to pay for a copy of the Mail on Sunday as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, the gig was good. Possibly their only Irish gig of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, really, really good. Really good energy. Really heavy mosh pit for the duration of the show. Top fun. Was it the best that you've ever seen them? It was certainly the biggest, I presume. It was very different to any other gig uh, I'd seen them at because um, because the crowd crush was so immense. It was kind of like it was it was uh, another it, it it tickled another sense, which was touch uh, uh, from the point of view that from the beginning beginning of like lawmen, no say over where I was moving or how fast because there was just this kind of insane I don't know have you seen I've only seen the trailer for it but you know World War Z is, is the zombie in movie, that? I hope not uh, the the zombie movie with Brad Pitt and you, you know they're like, they, they're like super fast and you know they just, okay. basically they, idea, they, there's yeah. a scene where there's a lot of them climbing a wall um, that's built around Jerusalem and it was a bit, watch the trailer it was a bit like that it was, it was, very, it was very heavy but good fun loads of good fun was it the best I've seen them? Uh, it, was, it was just very different, but it was like, yeah, really, really exciting show. And they played like some songs that they haven't played before, like Texting an Alien. Yeah, they did that. Um, How was it live? It was good. They played it um, really well. It was just kind of like a bit strange because it's like three, four, it's like in Wall's time. And I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was sandwiched by, um, but it certainly wasn't anything as slow and kind of lilting as that. Um, so it was kind of it was curious one to throw in. Uh, I thought they were going to do hand swaps or something like that off their EP when I heard them noodling at the start, but uh, it was good. It worked. Okay, so we'll leave the girl band talk there until the next time that they have news, and we'll come back to you about them. Uh, <laughs> Sound. But yeah, record store day is on Saturday, April sixteenth, and it coincides with Plug's birthday. And it seems that like they're very lucky. <laughs> well, it's not really Plug's birthday. It's Plug's birthday in the Triscoll Art Centre because they've been they're on Washington Street for years and years before that. Um, but it seems like Plugged are pushing the fifth birthday more so than they're pushing Record Store Day. It seems. Um, yeah. Well, the case is that it's actually it's the fifth birthday. Well, it's it's the 
fifth birthday full stop of Gulp the Cafe, which is downstairs, which is also owned by uh, Jimmy Horgan, who has the record store, record store upstairs plugged. So while it, it might not be the fifth uh, year of plugged records being in existence, uh, it's the fifth. It's the fifth year f- uh, full stop of Gulp. The two kind of go hand in hand, and you know they're both in the building five years, and it's you know to, to us that's kind of that's a, a pretty big deal, or to the particularly Albert and Jimmy who've been there for five years. Vis a vis pushing that more than Record Store Day. Record Store Day is something that I don't know the cost like you know customers get you know order stuff in or whatever, and the shop is happy to do that. But I don't think the lads are mad on pushing it exclusively for probably a couple of different reasons you know um every day is record store day as uh, a number of people have become fond of saying over the last couple of years and while it does a lot of you know while it does get people into the shops there, there you know there's a cost to that too that's felt by you know the shops themselves bands labels indie labels well i suppose yeah Indie labels exclusively majors don't don't really suffer, so it's kind of a it's you have to tread lightly with something like that. It seems like the majors kind of coming in and not taking over record store day, but certainly throwing their weight around with the releases is kind of what's pushed record store day over the edge a little bit. The likes of Warner coming in and just pressing up everything. And I mean, if even just a cursory glance at the record store day list of releases this year throws up albums which probably never should have been made in the first place and <laughs> certainly shouldn't be repressed for record store day mm. um i mean like can you see that as well like even just yeah absolutely things? i mean you can go down to the car boot sale or se- you know secondhand shop and pick up copies of Jimi hendrix smash hits or whatever i mean does it for you know for, for a fiver like do these things are these records absolutely vital and like i think what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a very limited number of pressing uh, machines in the world, as in um, machines that will churn out records quickly, produce you know, and actually produce, yeah, produce them. actually make them. Um, There's twenty-one in America. Twenty-one, yeah. They discovered there was a warehouse that was kind of uh, left derelict for I don't know twenty years or something like that in Chicago, I think. And it's anyway, the, the they found the owner, of the building, or whoever had the lease or whatever, and they cracked it open and there were I think five or six machines inside or a handful of machines inside it was like the first time uh, <laughs> new machines have been discovered in about 30 years that's nuts but um what people yeah so what people don't realize is that there's a limited number of these machines in the world there's a huge demand for getting vinyl pressed uh, because of the resurgence and what have you and you've got a situation where you might have an indie band that wants to get 500 copies of an of their album ready for April and then you have a major label coming along looking to press uh, 5,000 copies of some reissue or, an, or you know, maybe uh, an exclusive release or whatever. And like, you know, what's the pressing plant going to do? Step this way, Indie Band will take your nominal fee over the repeated business of a major label ad infinitum. Um, you know, it's, I suppose that's good business practice for the... Uh, pressing plants but at the same time these much smaller operations bands and labels suffer an awful lot because uh, people are fond of using the term clogged up when it comes to referring to uh, what happens when uh, major labels start repressing all uh, records that are available everywhere secondhand already you know in your former band elastic sleep 
you released uh, an EP. Was it? Was there only one EP that you mm-hmm. released? Uh, do you want to yeah. just like tell us of the process of actually making a record? Like, how long were you waiting between like sending the files away and actually like holding the record in your hand? I can't remember. I think it, might, it could have been anything from three to six to eight weeks. But speaking of record store day, um, just speaking, you know, personally uh, and about that band in particular, um, we did, we almost ran into serious trouble because we got a message from the pressing plant saying, oh, uh, it won't be done by X date for, you know, I don't even, I don't think they alluded, they, they certainly didn't allude to why it wouldn't be ready, but it was, it was about two years ago. It was leading up to record store day. But uh, thankfully, we had someone on our label who, well, he basically he had it in writing that they'd agreed to have it delivered to us by a date. And they kind of wanted to renege on that um, when it was getting closer to the date. Uh, and it was, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that it was because of record study and stuff that they were pressing. So we've very nearly almost missed out on getting our records in time for our launch and shows and stuff like that, which would have really fucked us over uh, because that's when you're going to, you know, have an you know generate an awful lot of sales or you're going to get most of your sales at your kind of launch gigs and then that first tour or whatever you know so that's just i suppose an aside as to how our record tied in with kind of record store day shenanigans but the process yeah it there was there was a bit of a high turnaround but you know and we were lucky that we had someone who could fight our corner and say no 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 you agree that it would be done by this date you're going to hear from you know a solicitor or whatever if it's not done but there are a number of bands who are not so lucky and they just end up getting completely screwed. Uh, so in terms of getting and stuff in terms of like uh, not getting their their records on time because of this kind of as what people refer to as a clogging up uh, of the kind of the pressing plans with record store day releases. It's kind of hard to be that positive about it because you hear so many negative stories now about record store mm. day. Like, do you think, I mean, it started with its heart in the right place but do you think it has just been kind of co-opted at this stage um i mean do you still see it as a positive thing record store day in 2016 yeah i mean i see i see the positives and and negatives there's definitely a positive side to it it gets people out into and it gets them aware of of the fact that there are these smaller um record shops and of course larger chains it gets people into the shops which is the main thing um, and it gets people kind of curious about records and curious about the format and and gets them buying. So I mean, there, there's you know, it's not all negative. That'd be it'd be grossly inaccurate to say that because it does it gets people out there and listening to music and buying music in a way that they might not otherwise at this you know this or any other time of the year. And um, you know, there's always uh, a good lot of traffic inside and plugged on record store day and. Um, you know, it's, I suppose, I guess it's handy that our fifth birthday coincides with it, but it's just another, like for Jim and Albert, it's just another day, you know, of uh, people coming into the shop, buying records, having a chat. I was trying to think of just the positive aspects of it. And I was thinking, and feel free to disagree, but like the fact that there's like a Justin Bieber song being <laughs> released this year, does like young people just gobble up everything that he does? I mean, they'll, probably buy that not having a record player do you think that they'll actually follow through and be like i actually want to play this i want to buy a record player and do you see it kind of spiraling from there that then they'll just end up having i don't know like a ten thousand strong uh catalog of albums in their home then yeah uh, well like 
it you know on the surface something like that might seem a bit ridiculous and you Justin know, Bieber releasing it maybe yeah but uh, you know at the you can't who's not to say that that's not the beginning of a record collection for someone who goes and buys a Justin Bieber record and has never seen a record before has no idea what it is and gets a curiosity because of that thing you know there's there's no saying that somebody won't pick one up and go wait a second what what does this actually do because you know it's like being a Star Trek fan or something. It's just collectible for a fan. I mean, I, I, I remember very clearly buying a limited edition Iron Maiden Number of the Beast 7-inch uh, that was pressed in red vinyl uh, way before I got, well, actually not way, probably about six months before I got properly curious about buying records and got into it as such. But I, I, I yeah, I owned one. I think I don't think I've ever actually played it. I found it recently. Uh-huh. But, you know, while it might seem a bit ridiculous that Justin Bieber has... You know, what is it a seven inch or not? Is this album getting pressed? 12 inch picture disc. <laughs> there you go. That's means can, you can hang it on your wall and it'll look back at you. I can't think of the name of it. Well, God bless you for that. Um, longer or justified or something like that. I think it's. Is, is a new one something about time? That, yeah, there's no, there's no saying what that might mean to someone in terms of the beginning of a, a record collection or an interest in records or the physical format of music and, and, and what that means. And what it can mean to you. So, you know, again, there, there's, there, there are pros and cons to it. I'm not going to buy it, but somebody might buy it who might, you know. I love the idea of you like queuing for hours to get into the shop first, buying the Justin Bieber <laughs> one just so you can wave it in the kids' faces. Like, no, no, I yeah, got yeah. it. Get a can of uh, lighter fluid. and I do. The last picture disc I bought was The Darkness, actually. The Christmas Don't Let the Bells End. Oh, yeah? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant picture disc. Um, <laughs> I know that Albert, uh, from plugged in the past, in the past and in the present, uh, kind of hates those sort of gimmicky vinyl, you know, like the picture discs and the color mm. discs. I've seen people say that um, the the color discs like aren't aren't as good sounding or something um, like that, which I don't really understand why. The material that's used to dye them or change the color of the vinyl um, is not uh, like you can't. Uh, you know, audio file, audio, how do I explain it? Yeah, basically just colored vinyl sound shit because of the material that's used to make it. It doesn't sound as good as uh, whatever black lacquer or wax is used to, to make every other record. Otherwise, you just have, you know, they might have, they would have been all white to start with to show up dust or dirt or whatever. But from what I know, there's a very good reason for it being black. And that is that it, it generally it's the best sounding for uh, musical reproduction. It does seem that like so many of them are gimmicky this year, you know, like from picture discs to, I don't know, like different shaped ones, I guess, as well. They had a Ghostbusters glow in the dark one in a few years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That was probably one I rolled my eyes at when I saw like, oh, they're releasing that. <laughs> um, Skrillex has a piss yellow. Is that colored. the actual? That's, that's the selling point. It's a piss yellow. Then I'd say it ties vinyl. in perfectly with the music. <laughs> There's... 543 releases this year, which is actually down from, um, or 550 releases this year, which is down from 643 in 2014. And there was 277 in 2011. Like, it's kind of nuts Mm. how many are being pressed. And we'll probably talk in a little bit about the more ridiculous ones, which we could probably spend, you know, half an hour actually just naming them. But like, 550 is mental, isn't it? That's a lot of releases for just one day of the year, I guess. Uh, well, well, globally, maybe not. I mean, how many albums come out a day? 
or get released today um, globally. But for this one specific thing, um, I suppose it does seem a little bit strange or a bit ludicrous. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, it, it's like any day of the year there'd be releases. Some of them are more appealing to, to more appealing than others, you know. Do you think that, like, it? how does it work in terms of actually getting the albums? Like, Plugged are kind of taking a, a kind of stance of, if you ask for it, they'll try and order it in. Yeah, so basically, I, I, Jimmy's prob- might be ordering in a few pieces specifically, um, just releases, you know, same as any other week, releases that he likes, that he thinks customers will want. He's got a, a really good knack for knowing uh, what people will, will want uh, when they come into the store, what, what people will buy. Um, but yeah, like same as any other week, a customer will come in and say, oh, can I get in this release? Uh, maybe it just so happens to be a Justin Bieber single that's RSD exclusive. But like the other 363 or four days of the year, well, actually, no, Plugged is not open that many days of the year. But <laughs> for every for every other for every other day that Plugged's open, um, say, same as it ever was, as they say, a customer will come in, they'll ask about it and Plugged will do the rest to, to order it in. There's a, a great piece on the um, Quietus about Record Store Day. It's, it's quite negative, as you can probably guess from the mm. headline. A record shopkeeper writes, why Record Store Day must end. Um, it's Phil Harding, the boss of Taunton's Black Cat Records. It's, uh, it's a really well-written piece and like his first kind of major point as to why Record Store Day is damaging to record stores themselves he says is because in the lead up to the day, there's a dramatic fall in sales. People are kind of saving their money yeah. for these special releases. Mm. And then like, like say bands who release albums today, the f- um, when we're recording this the week before record store day, like Parquet Courts, Russ and Gann, no, Russ and Gano family didn't do a record. No, but so like, there's, well, well, they did a CD, they did a record. They did a record, <laughs> released it on CD. But like, yeah, I mean, these pro- these guys and probably the bands that release on like the twenty second are probably mm. would probably feel it the most. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. As uh, well as the record stores themselves. Yeah, seeing it. I mean, business has been good. I think for the last, I've, I've only been in plugged three weeks, but business, you know, has been same as ever. Has been as good as ever. Um, from what I can gather, um, I kind of spend a lot of time in and out of the shop. Uh, so. I know I've only got so much of a gauge as to what the effect might have been in the the, the run up to it, but I'd, I can imagine, I could definitely see that being an issue in in other places where you know you've got more kind of well actually how many independent record stores are there in Cork? In Cork, yeah, oh. there's records and relics. There's music zone. Oh, and you're making a face here that I believe you haven't done your research. I tr- <laughs> I was trying to do the trying to top this up before I came to record the show, and uh, my mind just kind of went blank more than once when I was trying to think about this. I could only really think of those three. Yeah, really. See, like, there's so many secondhand places that I don't know if they actually. Yeah. You know, they- do they qualify or is it just a stall? I mean, like, do you count the the record stall in Mother Jones? market yeah that's it. well yes well will they get the that, that i think like this yellow I, I do believe there's one gentleman who sells new records in the mother jones flea market so i would i would i'd say that i think 
that counts, but only one. Um, and I, I, I don't know if he's constantly restocking with new stuff or if it just happens that he's selling off an abundance of kind of recently released stuff. Do you count that? Um, well, oh, I can't think of the name of it now. The the rare, you know, books and records that's oh the time tra- uh, the time um, yeah, travelers yeah. Uh, bookstore. Does that count? Uh, no, they they're all vintage records and they're in, no. <laughs> well, like it's it's a re- well actually no I'm sorry, uh, it's it is I'm wrong it's it is a record store. I mean maybe you know uh, I I don't think a specialist record store. Is it is that the official title? I would say so. It kind of sells well, rare, rare. Yeah, albums. yeah it does. But a record Old store, albums, a record really. store, nonetheless. I, I actually, I'm definitely not qualified to to, to determine what a record store is and is not. Uh, when you're getting down to the nitty gritty of secondhand versus new versus you know rare, you know, uh, is is a shop that sells only seventy eights a record <laughs> store. Uh, yeah, is there a shop like that in Cork? Definitely not. <laughs> I see a gap in the market. Yeah. A very limited market, but yeah, a gap nonetheless. Maybe in like those Edison wire um, <laughs> coils and uh, shellac discs. and That's how it all began, folks. Um, just as an aside, are you enjoying kind of working in a record store? Is it kind of like a goal almost ticked off your life list being um, a record store clerk? Uh, clerk. I wouldn't. Wouldn't give me. I definitely wouldn't put myself in the position of clerk right now. Um, it's like like mostly what I'm doing is kind of helping out booking uh, shows and promoting the shows and kind of organizing everything around that. But you know, I've been helping out a bit with stuff in the shop, but only from time to time. But it it like I do feel like a, a fly on the wall, a particularly large fly, but uh, and a pr- very interesting wall. But it, it, it's it's amazing seeing the mechanics of the store, and because I had such a different, I had such a different impression of of what what actually kind of how the whole thing was run or how it operated from the outside, or when I kind of wasn't involved or kind of wasn't seeing, wasn't in there for as many hours as I would be like as a customer, you know, just go in, have a look through, mm. order, chat, head away, and um, being in there for like you know a couple of days at a time, it's very interesting to see how 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 things pan out over the week and how orders are made and and just even watching the interaction between uh, Albert and Jim and the customers like there's there's a huge like huge warmth and affection for the two lads um for a very good reason it's kind of, it is kind of a bucket list thing i suppose being in there because i would have been going into plugs since i was like 17 uh, or 18 and i got interested in i was able to pick up so you know yeah they afforded me the the opportunity to to buy so much kind of interesting music and music that i now consider uh, really important to me and kind of inform me how i wrote music or whatever but yeah it's what was the question sorry slow day in my brain uh i can't remember what the question was but i enjoyed the answer it, it yeah to, in short it's it's really enjoyable kind of working in in and around a, a record store it's it's um, yeah, it's just a very warm place. Uh, let's talk about some of the releases for Record Store Day. Let's try and accentuate the positives. Some of the bigger, more popular uh, releases that are coming out. You, you were, can say cool bands. Come on, just say cool bands. Cool bands. Here we go now. Um, well, David Bowie released a couple of albums last year, including his very first one, which was reissued on. Uh, picture disc vinyl as well i think and there were a couple places in town like plugged and hmv uh didn't sell out of it straight away and i was kind of surprised at Mm. that and i was and then i was like man these are still here surely there are people who want these 
these uh, Bowie albums or singles or whatever they were. And like, I just like, oh, maybe I'll just look on eBay what they're selling for. And they were selling for more than the shops were were selling them for. I yeah. was thinking of doing that awful thing and buying them and then just putting them up on eBay. Uh, you wouldn't be the first. I mean, you'd be so, like, uh, Plugged has gotten a few emails. Yeah, you can definitely tell when people are getting in touch uh, with the shop. Oh, about, uh, about yeah, about getting re- about getting oh, okay. limited, get, seeing what what shop like. I mean, you get people, you know, with Facebook accounts with you know two friends and a load of very obviously you know uh, ripped um, photos from like Google Images, ask inquiring about what releases will be in for Record Store Day, like you know from the UK and and different parts of Europe and America. Uh, I I think Albert's got a pretty good handle on people who get in touch with the shop for for that very sordid stuff of getting those limited record store day releases and then firing them up on eBay. Um, but it happens, it happens very, fairly frequently, more than, more often than you'd think, but not an alarming amount. Uh, Bowie is releasing, but no, Bowie isn't releasing them. Bowie's record label are releasing picture discs of the man who sold the world by, not by Nirvana, um, and TVC 15, which I don't know what that is, reissued, uh, and there's also the 50th anniversary relief release of his pie singles. I dig everything. The pie years, 1966. <laughs> I dig everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If you like, if you like the Bowie stuff before he properly became Bowie, then yeah. you're in for a treat this year. <laughs> um, he started out as a mime artist. Yeah, he did. Which is, it's mad to read about that time. It kind of makes sense because of the, like the theatricality and in, in what you know, uh, or the, thea- the theatricality of his kind of his stage show and his stagecraft from when he became David Bowie till his demise. I mean, there's there there is that kind of uh, you know that element of performance or performance art like mimicry, mime. No, I, I, being a mime. Being a mime. Uh, that's not even the best way of putting that. But uh, I I could definitely see there being some kind of crossover. Uh, or you know overlap but it is it is pretty it's pretty nutty also being released are freshly recorded a freshly recorded version of patty smith's horses which i presume is just a song rather than the full album is it a 12 or a 7 uh 12 i believe i'm not sure these are actually handwritten notes so that's all the information that um i have in front of me um McDermott. Horses live electric lady studios it's double lp so yeah i'd say that that's that's, oh, that's a, yeah cool that's album. the whole thing played in its entirety Oh, at Electric Lady, Electric Ladyland, or yeah, Electric Lady Studios. I think is I think it might be called Electric Lady, Electric Ladyland. Um, oh, but I'd imagine that's the the whole album from top to bottom. Well, that might actually be quite good. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be definitely a good one for for Patty Smith fans. I'm surprised to see the fall down here, uh, the real new fall LP on Narnak Records. I don't know if that's a reissue or not. I, I, you know, if, if it is a reissue, then I'd imagine it might be, if it's an older record, it might very well be out of their hands as to, you know, whether it gets, you know, if it's a, an old record that's being re-released, they may not have the, um, the, the, the rights to it or whatever, or publishing. Mac DeMarco is releasing a 16-track LP of Bedroom Demos, which is calling another... Uh, and then in brackets, demo one, so another one. Mm, uh, tracks. I'm not a big Mac DeMarco fan, and when I see like you know 16 track LP of demos, I kind of just think, oh my god, he's really mining 
the pits of things here, but people do like his demos, don't they? You have to understand that his demos are his releases, uh, or rather, he they're all made the same way. He records all his music himself, like as in he records drums, bass, guitars, vocals. It's all him in a t- with a tape machine in his bedroom. He doesn't go to a studio to to do the final product or to make the the the, the final product. And it's you have to remember as well that it's not Mac DeMarco that's putting it out. No more than it's Justin Bieber putting out his single. It's the record label. Yeah, see, this is probably what you've learned more just from working in Plugged for the past few weeks that, you know, I kind of see it as it's the artist is kind of involved in it, even though the next one on my list is uh, Jay Dilla's vocal album, The Diary. I'm pretty sure he didn't have any say in, in the matter of whether probably uh, had as much Probably had as much say as Bowie might have. Although you never know, but David Bowie might very well have stipulated that he, what releases he wanted put out posthumously. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Posthumously. Posthumously. Um, I guess the other thing that's quite interesting is that it's only fans of the band who are going to be buying their releases. Like a Mac DeMarco album, because I don't like him, it's not going to appeal to me anymore that it's a demos album. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like a fan might be like, oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, well, there's only a thousand copies. Um, and Mac DeMarco has one of those kind of like, I mean, his, his dedicated fan, following. Oh, his fan base is kind of reminds me of it's like uh, Beatlemania light it just <laughs> just going by uh, the stories that he has about people approaching him on the street like and just after concerts and stuff and people just being in tears talking to him and just trying to like pull his hair out and weird shit like that yeah that he did I could definitely like I, I'd imagine that'll be, that'll be whipped up pretty quickly and I've had to listen to some of those demos just kind of float banning around YouTube and stuff like that they sound great and as a Mac DeMarco fan, you know, if I saw a copy in the store, I'd probably pick it up. But, uh, you know, I'm not in a mad rush to order it. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of trying to take you down a peg with this anti-Mac DeMarco thing. He's all right, you know. <laughs> uh, Big Stars reunion show, Complete Columbia, live at Missouri University, 25th of April, 93, is out <laughs> on Dymo, uh, double vinyl. Sorry, could you, I didn't hear that. No, I'm kidding. That was just a very long title. Yeah. Complete Columbia, live at Missouri University. A 1993 live show, their big reunion tour. Um, mm. That's out on double vinyl, which I'm sure some people will like. Fleetwood Mac, uh, an alt version of Fleetwood Mac's Tusk double album. There's a lot of double albums, which uh, you kind of run away from at the best of time. And you're quite taken by the Shags. I hadn't really heard of them before and then you were kind of explaining them to me uh, a little bit that sounds like uh an interesting one yeah from what i know i think their father uh, just got it in his head that it'd be interesting to see what kind of music they could produce without any real knowledge of popular music or exposure to pop music um but with that instrumentation so i think they were just kind of put in a music room with a drum kit and a few guitars and then after They'd written some songs, I suppose. Yeah, they're songs. And uh, they went and recorded an album. But it, I think it had a, it had a, Kurt Cobain was a massive fan. And they were just kind of one of these super influential, super un, under the radar kind of bands. Way, like I was going to say kind of like Velvet Underground, but like Velvet Underground relative to the Shags would be Justin Bieber relative to the Shags. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they've had any, uh, if they've had any of their stuff released for Record Store Day, 
Um, I did see that the Sonics also have a live album out there, the Garage Band, um, that were big in the 60s. Um, I think that that live album, what is it? Sonics Live at Easy Street. I think that was Easy Street Records in Seattle um, that, where they performed to celebrate the release of their first studio album in 50 years. So I'd be curious to hear what that sounds like. It was done by Jack Endino as well, who did the first Nirvana album. Hmm. Just a little bit of uh, useless information. That's some good useless information, though. Are there any other albums which have kind of caught your eye in a good way? Sunra, Spaceways, um, might be worth checking that out. I've never listened to it, but it's Sunra has been playing, or Raw has been playing nonstop in the shop since I started there, and Albert has my interest picked, so I'd be curious to hear that. Um, any other stuff? Outcast are releasing Elevators, Me and You, on 10-inch coloured vinyl. Cool. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Just throw it out there. Um, yeah. Jay Retard's um, Blood Visions is getting a 10th anniversary repressing. How many copies? Uh, I don't know. The website doesn't doesn't say. Yeah, it's 2,000 copies. The Turtles Happy Together single is being pressed on 7-inch, but only 800 copies. I thought they'd make it a load of those. Um, yeah, I mean, there's good stuff in there. There's stuff that wouldn't necessarily be for me. If you can kind of just get past ridiculous ones, which we're going to talk to talk about in a minute, maybe, there is something for you out there, whether or not you actually follow through and, you know, actually need it in your life and want it and buy it is probably another matter. So what what was the first thing that kind of you saw that was like, oh, man, record store day? Nah, not for me. Not for me this year. Um, what releases? I wasn't too focused in on the releases. To be honest, there was so much kind of hype about the the, the whole record store day thing and articles in the Quietus and mm. blog pieces being written by folks from the likes of Avalanche Records over in is it Edinburgh, Glasgow? I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly. But there was so much kind of written about and around uh, yeah about the record store day thing that it was kind of difficult to even focus in on the releases. I was kind of just getting a headache from. Just seeing noise just, around it. Yeah, just Twitter feeds and just exploding with, you know, kind of bile about Record Store Day and this is great, this is terrible and, you know. So I don't know. It, I, and I think that's kind of, maybe I'm kind of looking at it from a perspective that maybe not a lot of people would get to or do from, you know, being inside in the shop or being a musician or whatever. You know, I don't, I'd really like to have someone in the conversation here who, doesn't have any of those kind of attachments or isn't isn't as in maybe involved with in kind of either making music or understanding the process of making a record uh, or being inside a record shop you know just a, just a, a music lover and a listener and a buyer you know i think that would help you know i think that would throw an interesting shape on the conversation because you know you've got a a, a certain perspective on it from being a music reviewer or you know as opposed to maybe being a more casual music listener or buyer, you know? Mm. I get what you mean. But there are there are some releases that, you know, are just so ridiculous that they don't make sense. As in, like, I'm pretty sure the first one that... It sounds like you really want to go for it here, so I go for well, it. Well, the first one that you kind of were like, is that is that a real thing, was Alan Partridge. An Alan Partridge, like, Alan picture Par- disc, is it? I don't even know what it is. Um... Uh, it's not showing up on the official um, releases, so maybe not. 
I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Disney's favorite songs, 12 inch, with songs from Disney films and a 10 inch is a second Disney album um, with soundtracks by The Skeleton Dance and Three Little Pigs or two, which I thought, oh man, like not even Disney fans need these in their lives. Also, I've never heard of The Skeleton Dance and Three Little Pigs by Disney. Uh, can't say I have either. Not 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 huge on the old um, the Disney of, of the last uh, twenty three years. Um, but I'll, I'll take your word for it that it that it's suitably ridiculous. Yeah, no, the the Alan Partridge um, record is here. The knowing me, knowing you. Uh, but no, it's it's you know you can't be too um, judgmental. Judgmental. You can't be too precious about these things. Uh, people buy what they want to buy. I mean, if you, if you want to talk about you know kind of ridiculous products or you know trying to justify the existence of a release in the marketplace. There, there, there's way more stuff out there that, that, that goes way beyond Record Store Day that you just kind of scratch your head and go, what, are you kidding me? But, you know, I mean, I know we were talking about uh, Record Store Day specifically, but, you know, most of the stuff has its place in people's collections. Um, I, you know, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I would have had, I would have been equally irked by, like, you know, Aha's, fucking 20th reissue of Take On Me or whatever, you know, and I think that was an actual RST release <laughs> a couple of years ago, which is why it irked me so. Um, but, you know, it again, um, it, I think it'd be really nice to to have this kind of conversation with just your, your average music buyer or someone who kind of doesn't have as much insight, um, not in a kind of condescending way or whatever but some you know someone who's only interested in this, is listening to music and buying music and enjoying it which at the end of the day is what should the, the main focus sh- should be okay so we'll try and keep it positive and we'll try and end on a positive note by uh you telling us about the event that's on unplugged on record store day april 16th yes well as we touched on earlier and um, plugged and gulped are in the triscola art center five years uh, this year and we're celebrating it on April 16th with a lot of events going on throughout the building. So during the daytime from 12 until 6pm, Stevie G is going to be curating uh, one of his final love um, events, which is kind of just, you know, exactly what I just talked about there, celebration of music, also, um, re- you know, record covers and artwork. So he's going to be uh, getting in a kind of a, a cast of thousands, uh, so to speak, of different kind of cork heads and Friends, the shop, DJs, musicians, um, lots of different people coming in playing their favorite kind of records inside the shop from twelve till six. Then we have a gig on in the TDC that night, uh, which features the Bonk, uh, Phil Christie of Emperor, his new band who've just released their first single, Ancestor. That'll actually be the launch gig for that as well. So we'll have the Bonk, Barchester Chronicles, kind of a new post rock, noisy kind of electronicy drone band featuring members of Grave Lanterns, Oon Peep and uh, Brass Tax and Sons Music Solutions. Um, I can't, you won't find any of their stuff online so you'll just have to come to the gig to I see you're, you're looking confused. Um, I like all, it. All, all that information I was trying to uh, I, I was wondering who is in Grave Lanterns? Dan O'Connell. Oh, the drummer. okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as Barchester we have uh, Laurie Shaw who I was told yesterday has released 55 albums in his 22 or three years. Uh, no and joke. And lots of them really good as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, like, you know, I've, 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 I've 
I've kind of um, I only kind of discovered this during the week, and I'd mentioned that he was part of the bill to a few others, and said, "Oh yeah, he's released like fifty five albums." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "No, but they're actually like full length, really good albums. Like a, you know, uh, really prolific uh, songwriter." He'll be performing as well as Rosalind Steer from uh, of, of herself, but also of Morning Veils and um, of herself of herself because uh, <laughs> you know it's not all about association um, and crevice as well. That I printed, I think, um, a project that she's involved. Oh, in right, with, yeah, the improv uh, project with Elaine and um, Irene. Correct, Buckley. yeah. And Elaine from um, Altered Hours. Yeah. So we have those four acts inside the TDC. And tickets are eight euro. You can get them on Eventbrite or through the shop. Uh, and as well as that, we'll have Stevie G in the cafe uh, with a couple of other guests DJing from Nine On. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be a real fun day. Cool. It sounds, at the very least, whatever your thoughts on Record Store Day, that it'll certainly be a fun day engulfed. But every day is a fun day engulfed and plugged and the Triscoll in general. Same as it is in your workplace. <laughs> We're not doing anything to mark Record Store Day. Uh, well, I'm Because sure. it's on a Saturday and we don't work Saturdays. I'm sure they give you like a cake on your birthday or something. You know, The, the important <laughs> stuff gets celebrated, I'm Just sure. Just making me feel bad now, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. We'll end it there. Uh... Thanks a lot and um, enjoy Record Store Day, I guess. Both you, Chris, and the listener. Thank you, Owen. <laughs> and we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm.